Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Red Hot Chili Prepper. This is episode number two, a new format here over on anchor.fm. And we also do this on Facebook Live. So if you hear me answering some questions and responses, uh, we are recording this as we do a live. So that kind of keeps it interesting. One of the things I really like about AM Terrestrial Radio is the phone calls we get. And Jeff and I were talking last night about how this is a lot more fun because the questions pop up in real time and we can address them. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Suzanne Sherman's The Wasatch Report, also The Red Hot Chili Prepper. This podcast will be available on all those as well as the multiple platforms. Thanks to Anchor FM for doing that. I really appreciate that service that they have. So we can do that. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm ready for the show and let's take off because we have a lot of good things to talk about today and we're going to have some fun with it. Yeah. You know, you weren't here for the other day. We did our our inaugural podcast. I wanted to get something done while you were out earning a living. And hello, Lisa. Thank you. Uh, And Phil's back here again. You know, we were talking about making uh, rational and logical decisions when it comes to preparedness. And we're going to circle back and readdress some of those issues because we're seeing a lot of what happens when people are panic buying and in reaction mode as opposed to preparedness mode. And this also brings up some issues with regards to uh, what's ethically acceptable, what's morally acceptable right now, weighing, and this is something we talked about on a podcast with Mike Meharry, um, about about whether or not we should be staying home, whether or not we should be um, ad- ad- adhering to, you know, stay-at-home orders, even though we consider them a, uh, an infringement on our liberties. So let's talk about, let's let's bring that issue up because I wanted you to have your say on that as well, Jeff. I'll share mine and then we'll get into some of the other ethics and discuss what the difference is between preppers and hoarders and how you can avoid the panic buying later on. So I just want to put my thoughts on what's, uh, welcome Je- uh, Jim as well. Let's bring his comment up here as well. A lot of us preppers sell products from our farms Now is the time to buy as much from them as possible. And many don't qualify for assistance or tax refund. That's a really good point. The other day, I wrote a podcast about chickens and uh, I wrote a a blog, I should say, beg your pardon. And uh, I am starting to sell eggs now. And I've got a I've got way more clients than I can I can effectively service right now. But we're going to get the production up. My hands are working. And uh, I said I told people, you know, why you can't get eggs out in the stores Make fun of the, you know, the the woman that you made fun of, the crazy chicken lady down the road is the one now you're calling and saying, hey, can I buy some eggs from you? And it's a great way to support people, um, you know, in in your community. So we've seen in the news, Jeff, some people getting in trouble with having some gatherings. Uh, One gentleman had a bonfire, I think, with 60 people there. Uh, I think there were some church relief efforts where uh, I think some people ended up coming down with coronavirus and I think a, a service with about a thousand people, I forgot what state that was in, maybe Florida. And I think the pastor was arrested. And my take on this is I come at this from the perspective politically and with my stance on government, meaning it should stay out of our lives as much as possible. I'm tempted to just say, well, now that I have to stay home, I don't want to stay home and I'm going to go and do this and be defiant. But I also remember, and we, you remember this statement from our friend Arthur T. Bradley, in fact, I'd like to get him on here, is the number one rule of survival is to get out of the way. So I, this is something that I practiced when I was going to church regularly. Uh, it's kind of hard now where I live 
is I wouldn't go to church even when it was close to me during flu season because I didn't want to get sick and I didn't want to get other people sick. So what I essentially decided to do is I am, you know, staying out of harm's way. I'm not going out of my way to be defiant. I'm still going to go for walks with friends and do all that. But ultimately, because I have seen some very, very um, disturbing videos of people that have similar symptoms of this just dropping dead, they're obviously in respiratory failure. Um, I'm going to protect myself. That is a matter of personal responsibility. If you have a family member who is vulnerable, it is up to you to keep them safe. It is up to you to keep yourself healthy and use the precautions. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, forcing businesses to shut down is going to ultimately have uh, an effect that is more harmful than it's going to be beneficial. Time will tell, uh, but me personally, I am not, I'm, I'm resisting the urge. I talked about protests. If they get more draconian, maybe we will have a protest, but I uh, am kind of doing my thing right now to stay healthy because I want to, because I am interested in surviving and I'm prepared. So that's my thing. What about you, Jeff? Well, I do think that I have the right to go out and do whatever I please. Now, at the same time, I I limit some of the stuff I do. I Do I go out? Yes. But I go out with a purpose. Um, I keep the vehicles fueled up. I keep the gas cans fueled up. I keep I'm, Everything has a purpose. So when I go out, it's not just to go out there to thumb my nose at government. It's my, it's, I have a purpose. I'm going out there. I'm picking up some last-minute supplies because, we, as we talked earlier, uh, this economy is not going to go away. We were talking about this earlier. The question came up earlier in our chat. This economy is going to go on for perhaps a decade after this because this doesn't come back right away. Economics doesn't work that way. They can shut everything down today and put people out of work. You look at the and here here's again is my what we were talking about earlier. I was talking about what I watch in the news. I, I'm watching the unemployment numbers. I'm watching supply and demand. I'm watching what's available, what's not available. Because it's important to your preps. You got to know what you can get and what you can't get. What I'm finding out you can't get right now is seeds. You, if finding seeds, you can find limited numbers, but it's very hard to find heirloom seeds right now. It's very hard to find ammunition right now. There's a bunch of things that are becoming very scarce because people are starting to get into the prep mode. And rightfully so. If you haven't started, it's never too late. Start buying stuff. I'm weak in a real specific area, but some Chris asked about, and I'm sure Suzanne might even answer that question. Um, I just started getting a whole bunch of canning stuff because I'm I'm really I never was into canning, but I see the future and I am trying to now supplement my prep. So when I go out, there's certain things I'm looking for, and it's not so much again to thumb my nose, and eh, maybe a little. But it is because I have specific goals. I'm looking for specific things. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote a blog about, you know, if are you late to prepping? It's not too late yet. And I had warned people that the window is closing. And this is what we're seeing now. Um, Walmart in Vermont, again, is saying that seeds are now non-essential items. And, uh, you know, vegetables are getting hard to find to plant. I'm actually probably going to make a, a run down to Park City today and see what I can acquire. But 
one of my friends in Colville did tell me that he was actually at Home Depot the other day and there are police cars parked out front. There are guards out there. There's a police car outside of Walmart in Tooele and Stansbury area. And the, and the weird thing is that struck me was it was not enough for them just to have a presence. Maybe he could have been parked nearby. There's typically police parking in there right by the door with the lights on. Clearly an intimidating presence where is it really necessary to get people so cowed down now when they're just trying to go out and get some groceries? But before we get into the seed issue in particular, let's let's talk about because now we're seeing that the supplies people like we have are, are difficult to come by. And the other day, somebody quipped on my Facebook page, uh, hey, thanks for buying up all the toilet paper. I don't know if he was serious or not, but here in herein lies the difference between people that are prepared and people that are now panic hoarding, again, referring to my comment, my con uh, conversation with Mike Barrett. Acquiring goods, I have done this for over the past 10 years, if not more. And I tell people because a lot of people have been struggling since that time, the 2008 crash, even if it's difficult financially, get things a little bit at a time. When you see goods on sale, purchase those cans of vegetables, pastas, whatever you want. Uh, when it's on sale, get it. We're going to talk about long-term storage and the different kinds of foods, batteries, an extra pack of batteries. I tell people every time you go somewhere, get something, have a plan and get something. That is not hoarding. Now, before this whole thing came unfolded, uh, my, my boys and their dad went to Costco. Hey, you need anything, mom? Yeah, you know what? I'm low on paper towels and toilet paper. And at Costco, you can get the big ones of those. So I have those. Is it because it was a last minute plan buying? No. And I'll admit, I even let myself get low on those. I needed more and I got it. And it just so happened that uh, I wasn't caught flat footed trying to get that. I, I've been caught flat footed trying to get some chickens, trying to get some babies this year to keep up with the egg production for my my customers. Now, guess what? Everybody now wants to be a chicken farmer. So think about that. Uh, you might not have the skills yet to do it. It's not as easy as it seems. Don't panic. I've told people if you want to get into that, learn about them right now. This will pass. You will be able to get eggs. Uh, but you know, what's, what's moral and what's ethical. So it's perfectly moral. It's perfectly responsible. It's your obligation to your family to be prepared to have these supplies. They're going to need you. I mean, I, I started being prepared when I lived in California. My concern then was earthquakes. And once I became a mom, I decided I needed to stop wringing my hands and actually get prepared. Well, once I started having a bag handy and uh, shoes by the bed, things like that, and I realized, you know, this is kind of empowering. Let's maybe grow a little, little bit of food or something for that. And it became a, a great hobby. It's a great thing to get your kids into. And I, I encourage you to teach them about this. If you can get seeds and plant, get them gardening, get them outdoors. Even if you can't get what you need right now, you can still prepare a plot. You can still get the beds ready, make some uh, raised beds. So garden centers I am seeing are closing. That window might not be open too much longer, but you can certainly, I believe, get lumber. I'm going to go to Home Depot, I think, a little later today and, and see what's going on. But, you know, the hoarders are the ones that are panic buying. The hoarders are the ones that are uh, you know, not being very good to the members in your community. And, and there comes a point in time where you can think about the greater good and what's good for the other people in your community without being forced to, because the government tells you to cough up money for the greater good. 
you can buy one item that's going to get you through as opposed to 10. Uh, we've seen reports of people stockpiling on masks and stock and stockpiling on sanitizer and that sort of thing. So, <clears throat> you know, if you have it and uh, you you haven't hoarded it and just bought it at the expense now, uh, you know, good for you. And uh, if if maybe you can help some of your neighbors out, that would be great, too. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I I know that we've been seeing that uh, President Trump was talking about hoarders, and I'm I'm going to keep this is I'm keeping this apolitical because this is not politics. Um, the problem is if we're where's that line drawn when government gets involved in you being prepared for your family? So what are they going to do? Start sending people around to check your house to see if you have too much stuff that you are now a hoarder there's the ethical thing in all this and prepping that's why we're talking about prepping and ethics today because we have to be careful and involved in this i, I i'm going to bring this up here involved in this is stop putting your preps on social media keep what you're doing out of the public domain don't be putting on there. Oh, look at our, look at my garden today. Now I'm going to have bumper cop. I'm going to be canning all these tomatoes and all these peppers. Don't do it. Keep your preps off of social media. Number one, government government's watching, and uh, number two, evil people are watching. You know, people. Uh, mankind is mankind. There's going to be bad people that are going to do bad things because they aren't going to do it themselves. They're going to wait for you to post it on social media and let them know that they can come to your house and get it. So anyway, you know, there's a, we have to have a balance here. We have to watch what we post, how we do it and how we're perceived in the community uh, because prepping will be looked at as hoarding unless we're careful. You know, I think one way to overcome that, and this is where it gets a little dicey because <clears throat> as you know, I post blogs about preparedness and I show some of the things that I am doing, but I am weighing the benefits of having an overall prepared society versus being on my own and keeping it hidden. You know, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if your neighbors are prepared and you have a community that has a like-minded, uh, you know, mindset, so to speak, you uh, run the risk of less people turning to theft and violence when things get rough. And we haven't seen that yet. I'll, I'll give you a quick example of what happened in my community. And I may have shared that on this podcast or maybe the other one, but there's a gal in the neighborhood or in the neighboring town who was selling eggs and she had an honor box. You could drive down her driveway, get a dozen eggs or whatever you want and leave the money there. Well, she came home one day to find all her chickens stolen. So those of you in rural areas, I, I'm hearing reports of people having their freezers broken into. If you have wood piles stolen, we have to start thinking about preparedness. But, <clears throat> you know, to show, I, I, I do show some of the things that I have and what I do and give some of my secrets out. But I, I agree, it is uh, not the smartest thing to take a picture of maybe your entire pantry. Uh, if, if you have guns and haven't lost them in a lake by now, Keep them off of Facebook. We're even seeing that there's a program that will find your serial number. And if you Google that serial number, it'll come up with an image of that firearm. That's what I've been seeing. So keep that off social media for sure. But, you know, when we when we talk about this now, the it brings up some security issues about sharing what your preps are. And if people know that you're prepared. Talk about now. <clears throat> what about protecting what we've what we've put aside? 
and protecting what we have for the families. You know, clearly we have an obligation to our families to protect them. And by protecting them in this time, we talk about what amount of force can be used to protect yourself and your home and your family. And the use of lethal force, for instance, we touched on this a little bit with Mike Meharry, uh, is, is justified typically uh, with a blanket <clears throat> description of it being justified when you have an imminent and immediate fear of serious bodily injury or death to yourself or others in your family, for instance. <clears throat> Excuse me, but what's going to happen now when these items that you have put aside to keep them alive in this situation, because now we're in a situation without rule of law, there's going to be some social unrest, possibly some chaos, security uh, forces, law enforcement's not going to be able to keep up. At what point now do you escalate your means to protect yourselves and ultimately keep alive? So this is something else you need to start considering because we're looking out now, a month or so from now, when people have been out of their jobs, what little they have in reserves are gone. You're going to see people's true colors come out because they can't exactly, you know, they can't feed their families. Uh, some people might just find, we see this, people saying, hey, you people out there that are, that are buying toilet paper, just remember those of us with guns are going to come and take what you have. Very, very foolish thing to say. You have anything to uh, weigh in on with this, Jeff? Again, <clears throat> just be prepared for what's coming. You know, folks, we have entered a time we haven't seen since the 1920s and 30s. We're on the very edge. And we talked about this yesterday with Mike Meharry. Go to uh, the Wasatch Report and listen to that show. Mike is awesome. He's a rock star when it comes to this economic stuff. We've entered a time that we haven't seen in over a hundred years. So be prepared, keep your, keep a watch on the headlines of what's going on in the economy. I, like I said, I shared yesterday that I read that CNBC article where the fed was pre predicting a 32% unemployment rate, 1933, the peak of the great, De great depression, 24.9. So, I've started calling this, we're at the cusp of the epic depression because it's not going to be a great one. It's going to be epic. If we're at 10% more unemployment than 1933, this is going to be something we've never seen before ever. So just be, keep your ears to the ground, listen to what's coming and just be prepared. That's what this is all about. We're all talking about preparedness. It's not about uh, right versus left Democrats. This is about being ready for what happens. That's all. Yeah, this is this is absolutely a political. I see Junk Bond is there uh, watching. I yes, he is. I see Welcome a... Junk Bond. I, yeah, we I was talking a... there, walking a whole bunch of people, people I know personally, and Junk Bond's here. Uh, one of these days, we need we need to get him in to talk about some uh, some some different things too. Some probably comm stuff like uh, ham radio and stuff like that, and a bunch of different things. Well, I'd love his take on what we were talking about at the beginning of this show, uh, Junk Bond. If you're still listening about that that uh, program, Whoop, which you can put an armband on and have a 24/7 monitoring of your respiratory and cardio rates as a screener for. Um, for coronavirus, if you're a asymptomatic, so we'll we'll get you on. He is our privacy uh, cybersecurity guru, so it's really 
fun to have him on there. And uh, Chuck, want to thank you for joining us. Chris is still there. You know, something else that was asked also, you know, also let's talk about this though with the data collection ethically now, if you could prevent the spread of this disease and say, all right, all right, all right, right. <clears throat> I can resume life as I once knew it before. If I wear this armband, the powers that be will grant me a hall pass and I can go out and live my life. The cost is going to be all of my data must be monitored so they can tell before I'm symptomatic that I am at risk for passing on this disease. Is it going to be mandatory that you get a vaccination before your life can be restored as we once knew it? We don't know the answers to these yet. And morally, ethically, should you take this vaccination? Should you be required to wear this armband if you want to go out and live life before reasonably as you knew it? Are these reasonable costs, prices to pay? Do you owe it to society to surrender this? And people are going to come up with different answers. I mean, if people are okay, you know, insurance companies are already doing advertisements saying this is the new normal, showing kids in windows, holding up drawings, you know, waving to people from beyond the glass. Folks, you know who else waves to family and neighbors behind glass? Prisoners, you know, with their little phones. Hey, <clears throat> we've all allowed ourselves to be effectively imprisoned and have to justify having a valid excuse to be out. I know people personally who have travel passes now. Why would they be insisting on travel passes if a significant restriction of our movement isn't coming down the corner? Again, this is not political. This is giving you a heads up. I've been telling people that, you know, may, might not be as far down the rabbit hole, but are interested in this. I say, look, I think the window of opportunity for you to get all the supplies you need is is closing so uh that's that's another moral and ethical consideration so is it is it smart to share your preps is it smart to tell people what you're doing uh is it do you have an obligation to try and educate people you might be so you know subjecting yourself to some security hazards if you are but these are all things for you to determine uh individually yes rebecca sheep to the slaughter this is very scary i think uh you know, governments and, and every little governor is, has realized what, what kind of tyrannical behavior they can get away with. I think only a couple states, um, I think so far, Arkansas, <clears throat> excuse me, and Oklahoma are the ones that haven't shut down the states yet. But it seems like everybody's afraid to be the one not doing it. Junk bond's got to go, but we are going to uh, schedule him in there as well. Welcome, Rosie. Yay. So that's really fun. So uh, let's see, what else do you want to cover on this one, Jeff, about the moral, moral and ethical issues that we have here? <clears throat> well, can, we only have about eight minutes left. So okay. if you want to move on to another one, let's. Uh, if you had something else, I thought you had another subject you wanted to talk about today. Well, one of the things I wanted to let people know, last week I mentioned, again, the window's closing. You can still find some great deals. For instance, I was delighted to find some... Um, Flannel, flannel sheets at Walmart. 15 bucks for a set of king size flannel sheets. Thought, wow, that's fantastic. But what I also thought was, why are they clearing all this stuff out? And, you know, I think those of us with that preparedness mindset always look at the world a little bit differently. And, you know, first they think, wow, that's really great. But, and sure enough, a few days later, I, I think you saw that picture too, where 
They had uh, seeds cordoned off in Walmart. That was in Vermont. These are non-essential items. So what they're doing now is cordoning off the gardening centers and uh, Home Depot, Walmart, Target. <coughs> Excuse me. We're seeing that. And uh, now also clothing, electronic items, non-essential items. I was just going to say, if your preps aren't including right now, aren't including getting like more blue jeans or, you know, different clothing items, boots, good solid boots that you can wear for hiking and for working in the, you know, working in your gardens. If you're not getting, if these aren't included in your preps now, you're getting, you're behind the, you're behind a little bit. And as Walmart and these different places are closing out these sections to you, your window is really going to be getting very small. You know, and I, I like to donate older clothes and older items. And <clears throat> I feel like I, that does help people. And again, here's another moral dilemma. As I realize, you know, it might be difficult. And I, this is something else I started doing, not because of what happened, but I planned this out in advance. You know what? I might not give that jacket away. I might need that one. I can't wash something or I can't replace something. So I find myself keeping a lot more items than I would have normally as well. So that's something else to consider. And, and you know, as food gets more difficult to acquire, as people can't grow their own food, and uh, I've seen shortages of meat and supplies like that, what is your obligation to the people that haven't prepared? So think about that. What about the people that say, I'm just coming to your house when this, when this happens art, have you planned for them? Yep. Have Suzanne, you can you yeah. scroll, can you scroll up through the, uh, yes, you can. I am. What do you want uh, me to see? The questions. Uh, Chris asked up above about uh, storing meat. I'm just mm -hmm. looking for it here. It's oh, right well, we, there. Uh, <laughs> what, Okay, one? what other ways are there to preserve meat besides canning? Let's just, did you see that one? Since we're talking about, you just brought up meat shortages. Let's go back to her question and just put that up on the screen, if you can see it. I saw uh, so, it earlier. <clears throat> yeah. So, Chris, you got, you got smoking. You got, you can dry meat. You can salt it. Um, you, and if you can get a good... Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's any way for people to personally do it. Uh, you can be freeze dried, but I don't know how, if you can personally get the equipment to do that. But those are some ways to do it. So thank you for the question. I wanted to come back to it. I knew we could get back to it later. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm touching my screen and uh, running through back to the uh, questions here. So, yes, we've been seeing a lot of shortages um, our local little store, a little country store has been, uh, I know the owners uh, in the first week there, they ran out, they sold 2000 pounds in the first two days of the week. When this all started hitting, they got their order in later in the week and they sold all 2000 pounds of their beef that they got in because they grind their own meat and they cut everything all up there. So they have very, very good meat. They, so they sold 4,000 pounds of beef in one week. So they were having trouble getting stuff. I, I shared pictures of uh, Wegmans, a huge change here in New York, uh, chain in New York and Pennsylvania, empty meat shelves. So as things become scarce, you're going to need to be cognizant of that and try to, you know, get your preps and can it or dry it or smoke it. Yeah, and I, let's let's not. Um 
poo-poo, be so quick to brush off canning meat. A lot of people find canning to be very intimidating. I know I did. And there was actually a great video on YouTube about pressure canning. They even use the same uh, canner that I have, a 21-quart All-American. You and I were talking about the best ones to buy. We'll have to do an episode specifically about canning. But I, you know, in a long-term situation where you might not have power, I, I can probably more than half of my wild game. Uh, I'll either cut it up in big chunks and and brine it and pressure can it, and people can use it for a French dip, or I'll I'll grind it <clears throat> ahead of time and then cook it with some seasonings and some onions, and it's just ready to use anytime you want to make a recipe. Uh, you can just add it, and then that takes that cooking time, especially when you might have not have as many resources available. You have a, a generator or uh, trying to cook some meat and you don't want to burn as much wood, for instance, if you have a wood stove, that's already been done for you. So I love canning meat. Uh, first, I will go through what's in my freezer. And <laughs> if it's winter, I could just leave it outside all winter here. But um, canning meat, I also have an Excalibur food dehydrator, which I can, I've done uh, tomatoes in there, all sorts of dehydrated fruits and vegetables. But it's also really great for making jerky. So that's a way and, and you had also mentioned um, smoking meat as well. Freeze dryer, I know food, um, what is it? Food Harvest or Harvest Right has one. Very expensive. I don't have one. I'd now, like you, to. You can put uh, Jeff Biggs, he ha he yeah. mentioned that right there. At the yeah, they, there. they are costly. They're a few thousand dollars. And that's, I think, 4,000 for a decent size one as well. But I am a huge believer in finding alternative sources for storing the meat I love canning the meat. Now, if you're not used to it, when you open up a can of the ground meat, guess what it smells like? Dog food. What is dog food? Meat. <laughs> so don't, don't be put off. It's a, a great way. I add it to, like I said, soup, stews. You can make pasta sauces with it. And again, we will, we will get into the hows and what's. And uh, again, I've got a friend that has uh, free-dried. He bought, I think, 2,000 pounds of pork the other day. And he spent all yesterday uh, smoking it and getting it pulled. And he's getting to um, have it freeze dried as well. You had mentioned seeds. These, I bought these. Let me see where that goes. Yeah, In 2013, these are uh, high protein garden kit survival seeds kit. So I'm going to start some uh, broccoli and some peas and beans in my greenhouse. I wanted to start some tomatoes. I don't even know if I'll get to get those started this year. So, uh, you know, so that's kind of what we're thinking about right now is what morally, ethically, what's going on? How do you how do you kind of take care of yourself and your family with also being helpful, but not selling your security short as well? Really complex situations. Uh, how do you protect your goods and your property? Maybe having to escalate force down the line if it gets to that. We are seeing what happens now when uh, I, I saw one store that wasn't able to process EBT cards. So people might not be getting the relief that they're needing. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, any thoughts uh, further on this, Jeff? Was there something else no, we talked about? No, the cyber we're, we're out of time, basically. <laughs> the only thing I wanted to say yeah. is that we don't really have any music for your new show here, the, the Red Hot Chili Prepper. So if there's someone out there that's a musician and you can make up a, an original tune for Suzanne's show and you don't mind giving it to us, we'll, we'll plug you. We'll say it was your song. Uh, you'll hear it and people will hear it. Maybe someone will discover you and make you a big record offer. So yeah. <laughs> if you can make some music, 
make some music. Uh, Suzanne needs some uh, opening and closing music. I'm going to dig out some uh, some junky old copyright free for now, just to have the opening and closing. But there you go. Maybe one of our one of our two listeners is an A and R guy. You never know. So, all right, everybody. Well, well we're out of we time. We have more than two. <laughs> We are out of time. I want to thank everybody and please share this podcast, share our pages. SuzanneCSherman.com is my website. There is a donate button there. We are going to upgrade our package so we can have a more robust broadcast for you. And uh, looking forward to doing this uh, a lot more in the future. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. God bless you.